Good morning to you football fans. It's Dave Campbell and for Morley Scott on this week's edition of the Elks This Week on 630 Ched. Oh, we are not too far away from the season starting. Rookie camps across the league begin on May the 10th. Before that, the draft is on May 2nd and uh, main camps open on May the 14th. So it's April 15th today. So do the math. We're not far away at all. You'll hear from Morley uh, later on in this half hour as he will uh, head to Calgary and talk to the longtime voice of the Calgary Stampeders on News Talk 770. That is Mark Steven. And uh, we'll give you a little bit of the news and notes, and let's just dive right into it. Of course, the Elks, 4-14 in 2022, not very good on the field, but they did identify a, a core, and that is uh, head coach and GM Chris Jones, assistant GM G. Roy Simon, and staff were able to develop an established core. Part of that, Adam Konar. Veteran linebacker, 29 years old, who probably had his best season of his CFL career uh, returning to the green and gold. 52 defensive tackles, five tackles on special teams, one interception, two quarterback sacks, and played all 18 games. And that has been kind of a knock on Adam Konars. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy, but uh, had a chance to talk to Adam about the uh, upcoming season in 2023 and the optimism. There's the snap to Harris. He'll release quickly. It's intercepted. It's Elks football. And an open field to the 50 to the 45. But it looks like it's uh, Konar with the interception. Adam, a month from now, you will be on the field for your second day of training camp. Uh, Man, the season really sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Yeah, it it really does. I mean, it, it truly doesn't feel like that long ago that we were just playing uh last season right um and i mean it's crazy you're training in uh december january february you feel like you still got a lot of time and then march and april kind of sneak up on you quick and next thing you know you got a month until uh until training camp so if you you haven't been trading it you sure would feel the pressure right now but it it definitely sneaks up on you quick but it's a it's exciting though i'm excited for it and we got to remember too your last game unfortunately was october 21st at home against the bc lions so Mm -hmm. most teams get a month about a month, maybe, or sorry, six months, maybe six, six and a half months at the most. But mm. this team had seven months of an off season. That's, that's insane. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. It, it, uh, super unfortunate, right? Not yeah. to, to get to where we wanted to go. Um, but that it, it did just give us a longer off season, um, give everybody a chance to kind of reset, um get yeah just give us an extra month to take care of our bodies and stuff like that and obviously go into into next season with um with higher expectations and um you know starting off on a on a better better level a more uh more comfortable level um just everybody coming a lot of guys coming back coaching staff coming back um you'll be able to start on the ground kind of running this year um as opposed to last year was a completely new team and stuff so it's a it's a definitely going to be a different feel this year coming into camp yeah and i want to get to more of that in a moment but i do want to discuss how you approach an off season with with how much rest and recovery do you give yourself and when you really start getting going with your off-season training and how it changes as the season gets closer. So let's just start when 
you know, the season ends, how much time off do you give yourself? You know, like at Christmas time also, are you eating everything in sight knowing that, well, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start training soon anyway. Uh, so like, how do you treat an off season starting from when the season ends and, and your off season begins, you know, unfortunately this year, like it was in October. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, for me th this year, um, I kind of took a, took a week or two kind of completely off of not really doing anything, maybe just going for, for a walk or something like that, or, or playing some golf or something like that. Um, nothing like no, no major physical activity. Obviously you kind of need the body to reset, and then after that, it's just uh, getting into a lot of mobility type stuff in the month of November, um, making sure the body's feeling good and kind of the same type of thing, but starting to get into some, a little strengthening stuff too with mobility stuff in December uh, and heading into January, just so the body's kind of ready to go for uh once once we start full go training in uh january and that's kind of where it where it picks up um mm -hmm. for us for my group training in calgary and uh we start out just a couple days on the track a week in january and then a couple days on the on the indoor turf um as well um but it's a little more basic, but it, we, we have a one day of long, longer distance running and more striders, one day of sprints, and then a couple change of direction days. And then uh, that's on top of uh, the lifting that we're doing in January. And then in Calgary, you kind of have to, to be patient to get out on the, the field um, outside. Uh, right. <laughs> we don't have a lot of access to indoor fields. Uh, so, I mean, we'll, we were on there twice a week, on the indoor field in the month of um march and and then uh once april hit we're out outside we've been able we've been lucky that the weather kind of turned um turned pretty quick to be pretty nice so we've been able to get out on the field four times a week in april and um yeah so it just it just is a continuous progress throughout the the off season um and gets more and more football related the more that you're out on the field and the closer that you're getting to season obviously it gets more specific to what we're going to be doing in football and in pads and stuff like that but that's kind of uh the general approach to the off season all right well that's pretty extensive and it's it is it's definitely kind of the long game in the off season but we're getting really really close to the season starting as we're joined by adam conar edmonton elks linebacker here on the elks this week dave campbell with you um so you mentioned that the optimism for this season and just you know getting ready to turn the page from 2022 to 2023 officially is uh, is coming up fast here so and you mentioned like your, your team is 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 pretty familiar and obviously there were some changes when it's four and 14 there's going to be some changes but what i truly believe is the positive side of this is that chris jones and staff found a core and you're part of that core you were re-signed to an extension um and, and but tell me about coming in with knowing your group your 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 core the the established uh group of veterans and the and the players that have been identified of these are these are the people that we're going to go with and build around yeah exactly that's um exactly what i think too i mean we have a good core group of guys um that 
we were able to bring back most of them too, right? From last season. Um, and obviously last season was kind of just a, a, a bit of a, a test to see who those core group of guys would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can, you, you can see in a rough season like that, who really wants to be there, who doesn't, and you can kind of figure out who the core guys w- will be. And so we've been able to bring back most of those guys from last year. And on top of that, we've been, we've been able to bring in some good veteran players as well from around the league. Like on defense, we picked up a couple key pieces, um, offense obviously as well. Um, you know, we lost a couple of receivers, but we also got a bunch of really good veteran receivers, which, um, is good for us. So, I, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, bringing in veterans like that to a group of, um, to a core group of veterans that we already have there, I think will be a, a perfect mix for next year. And we'll be able to kind of, um, gel a lot quicker than we did last year, just cause everybody kind of knows each other and is more comfortable. Um, and so, yeah, everything will just pick up a little quicker, I think than last year. Yeah, hit the ground running and uh, hopefully stay healthy too because health was unfortunately, uh, I mean, you look at Niles Morgan, uh, your middle linebacker who was a beast for six games and a real big uh, factor in your run defense. Uh, and without him, it wasn't it wasn't as good. But uh, man, health, uh, health is going to be huge for this team as well going forward. It is for any team. It is. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a tough thing about football, right? You never know uh, who the injury bug is going to hit. You just hope it's not going to be you, um, you or your your team. Um, so, yeah, the, like you said, um, we hope it's not going to be us next year. I hope it's going to be nobody. I hope everybody can stay healthy. But um, that's the reality of football. It's just about adjusting to those injuries when they happen because they are bound to happen at some point. Um, and you just have to have the, you know, players in place and depth pieces and stuff that can step in and fill in into those roles. Right. Okay. I'm going to end with a, with a fun one here because, uh, of course we're the, uh, station of the, the, uh, play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers here as well. Stanley cup playoffs begins in a couple days. Now as a, as a Vancouver boy grew up in Vancouver, played for the lions as well. Someone who uh, is living in Calgary right now, played for the University of Calgary Dinos in uh, in Canada West, and someone who has played for this organization uh, in Edmonton for a number of years. Uh, where's your hockey allegiances? <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you going to say the team that no one likes up here? <laughs> Uh, no, no, I'm not going to say that, that I'm assuming you're talking about Calgary. Um, yes, that's actually, that would be the, my wife wouldn't like this, but that would be the lowest on my list out of the, <laughs> the three of those teams. Um, I, I actually, you know, I kind of converted to be an Oilers fan, um, after getting drafted to Edmonton. And obviously with McDavid there, it's a, they're an exciting team to watch, but I always will be a Vancouver fan. You know, I'll, I'll jump back on the Canucks bandwagon when they're, when they're making a run again. But for, for now, I'm, uh, I'm rooting for the Oilers. There you go. Adam Konar winning brownie points with Edmonton sports fans, with his allegiance to the Oilers and looking forward to the Elks season as well as the team uh, looks to improve dramatically from a four and 14 season in 2022. When we come back, we'll hear from Mark Steven, the voice of the Calgary Stampeders. See how the red and white shape up for 2023 here on the Elks this week. I'm Dave Campbell on the voice of the Elks, 630 Chad. 
Really appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us here this Saturday morning on the Elks this week. Dave Campbell in the host chair. Morley Scott will be around in just a moment to preview the 2023 season of the Calgary Stampeders with the longtime voice of the Stamps on Newstalk 770 in Calgary, Mark Stephen. Just want to remind you that the uh, Edmonton Elks women's dinner will take place on Thursday, May the 4th at Commonwealth Stadium. This is event started back in 2008. Now, that because a couple years earlier, a uh, longtime member of the organization, Pam Monasterski, lost her battle with ovarian cancer two years earlier. So the Edmonton Elks Women's Ovarian Cancer Research Endowment Fund was set up in 2008. It helps to provide long-term care or long-term sustainable funding for researchers at the Lowest Hole Hospital for Women. And to date, the annual event has raised nearly seven hundred thousand dollars to battle this uh, deadly disease so for more information on the edmonton elks women's dinner which will take place on thursday may 4th at commonwealth stadium you can head to goelks.com elks made a signing this week uh, six foot three 215 pound american defensive back kalen hicks played four seasons with the uh, university of hawaii rainbow warriors 138 total tackles two sacks one interception eight pass knockdowns and also played six games uh, most recently for the vegas Nighthawks of the Indoor Football League. All right, we will hand things off now to Morley Scott. Mark Steven, the voice of the Calgary Stampeders on our sister station, QR77 in Calgary, joins us now. Mark, big season, I think, you know, off of change for the Calgary Stampeders, and it started at the top. Dave Dickinson, now coach and general manager. How's that transition gone? It's gone pretty well in the sense that he was in-house and in the uh, system and had participated in a lot of the decisions and things, uh, you know, but it certainly is different. He has uh, different approaches and different philosophies. The thing is, too, often when there's a change at the top as in general manager, it's somebody taking over a team that's in serious trouble. Well, uh, you know, the Stampeders, I don't think, are in serious trouble. So I would say it's been relatively seamless. Uh, you know, Dave's learning the ins and outs of the salary cap, uh, who you can sign who you can't but on balance i'd say it's gone very very well and he just has to walk down the hall to john huffnagel's office if he's got any questions right so huff's That's still around it. and still involved yeah he is to an extent not as much as he was and you know it's a great resource just to be able to say uh, how did you handle this or where would you go with this uh, ultimately the decisions are his but you're right what a resource to have just feet away from your office uh, that's off the field. On the field, uh, there's a lot of changes as well. And I guess the biggest change really happened last year uh, when Jake Mayer took over as the starting quarterback and Bo Levi Mitchell is on the sidelines until ultimately leaving as a free agent to, to join the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, this year. Uh, expectations, things are different for Mayer this year. I mean, expectations are higher. No one's, uh, no one's saying he's the quarterback of the future anymore. He's, he's the quarterback now. Tell me about him and, and how things are different for him going into this season. Well, you certainly nailed the biggest thing. He is the guy. There's, uh, you know, nobody looking over his shoulder. He's the guy. He's being paid as the guy to do it. Uh, there's certainly reason for optimism. He had some good games and did a lot of good things during the course of the season, but he did struggle in the playoff game against the BC Lions, and that's something he's got to work through. Uh, you mentioned having resources to draw from. He does have Dave Dickinson, I guess John Huffnagel ultimately, and Mark Mueller, the uh, quarterback coach as well. So he's 
got a lot of resources to draw from, but uh, you're right. It is a different mindset. This is him. He's not uh, working in conjunction with Bo Levi Mitchell anymore. It's his team, and it's on his shoulders, and we'll see how he does. I, I'm optimistic, but uh, no guarantees. I, I don't think anyone is is thinking Bo Levi Mitchell is done. I don't think this move was made uh, because of on-field on play. It was I think it was a salary cap thing and a youth movement of sort uh, for the Stampeders going forward. So the, the, how does... Is there a lot of pressure on him moving forward because it was done this way? Because obviously, Bo Levi Mitchell is going to be in Hamilton and probably going to have a pretty good season. I think uh, you mentioned it, and the things maybe taken a little of the pressure off. Bo Levi Mitchell was around, but not on the field for about half a year. So I think both fans and players got used to uh, Jake Mayer being the man in charge. So I think that transition happened. It's not like he's going to walk onto the field on opening day and all of a sudden everybody discovers and the players uh, figure out who he is. He's had had some of that transition period but you know in the dressing room he uh, certainly uh, has a challenge and it's not one he can't overcome but Bo Levi Mitchell was a long long serving player there with deep deep ties in the dressing room and very much a beloved teammate so I think the fact there was a half season transition period will help but make no mistake uh, the spotlight is on him starting from day one what uh, where's the other big changes that you're looking at for this team on the field to me i guess they kind of remade the defensive line correct Yes, they did. The defensive line suffered a couple of losses. Sean Lemon moved on, as did Flo or Malad. They did dive into the free agent market and pick up Hauser from Hamilton. Also, James Vodders came back from the NFL, so he'll fill another one of those defensive end spots. So I think they've done pretty well. The area I'm going to be watching, and it'll probably be one of the biggest battles in training camp, is at the middle linebacker spot. Jameer Thurman had a tremendous year last year. But now he, too, is a member of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The candidates, there's one in-house, Silas Stewart, who saw some time last year, both outside and in the middle. He probably gets the nod as of today. But they also signed Micah Awe, a well-traveled veteran who's been with several teams. He may factor into it as well. But I would say middle linebacker, once you get past the uh, quarterbacking issues, that's probably the number one uh, challenge, how they sort that out. Because it's been very effective the last few years between Thurman, uh, Darnell Sankey, and before that, Alex Singleton. So they've had a good run at the middle linebacker spot. All right, Mark, tell me your thoughts on the Western Division. I mean, be, uh, Winnipeg's Winnipeg. Uh, where does everybody else line up? And I, I don't want predictions. Just kind of tell me a little bit about your thoughts. on you know, there's still moves to come with some of these teams moving forward. But give me your thoughts on, on the other teams in the West now, other than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who I think everyone will pick to finish first. Oh, yeah, I've got them first, and they're a strong Grey Cup favorite again. Uh, the only thing I can say about them is uh, soon they're going to reach that point where a lot of their veterans are aging. But still, they're, they're the team to beat, no question about that. I look at Saskatchewan. They've uh, maybe stabilized their quarterbacking position and maybe their offensive line. Obviously, a lot of pressure on there with uh, the GM and the head coach being in the last year of their deals. I think Trevor Harris can do it, and they've rebuilt their receiving core. So I think they'll be better. How much better? You know, I'm not going to say. Uh, the BC Lions uh, talk about changes uh, with their quarterback uh, switch there. Vernon Adams is very good. 
uh, you know, they did uh, lose Brian Burnham, who I think was fabulous, but uh, I still think they'll be very, very competitive. Let's remember last year, uh, when you looked strictly at wins, Winnipeg had the most, but then there were two teams uh, right behind them tied with 12, and one of them was the BC Lions along with the Stampeders. So I certainly think that uh, BC will be right there again. As far as the Elks, uh, you know, obviously you look from a distance. They did rebuild the receiving core. They got probably the prize-free agent on the market, Ian Lewis, and you know, I think the thing, uh, looking at it from the outside, develop some stability. I mean, at times they showed things. They did find some good players in the last half of the season, but it just seemed there was a constant parade of new players there. Looks like they're starting to build around some players, and uh, I think they'll be better. I mean, they showed flashes of it. The problem for them, the, when they played their best, it was the further they got away from Edmonton because they did well on the road. So I do see improvement uh, from the Elks for sure, and uh, they'll have to build some stability if they hope to move up the standings. That's Morley Scott with the longtime voice of the Calgary Stampeders, Mark Stephen from Newstock 770 in Calgary. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Elks This Week. Morley Scott back in the host chair one week from now. Enjoy your weekend, everyone.